One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 30. No way. Right, right, right. Well, welcome on back in to another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Broadmarkle. With me, as always, my good friend, compatriot, Mike Anderson. How are you doing tonight, Mike? Doing well. Doing well, sir. It's, uh, it's another great victory Monday for the Vikings. Um, missed our show last week because uh, you decided to go to the, the Twins playoff game. How did that work out? Yeah, we had a Twins playoff game. Uh, they did not win. They've lost something like 16 consecutive playoff games, which... Shouldn't surprise anyone if you've lived in the state for a while. So at this point, could you couldn't you just call it like a playoff activity? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay, because I mean, it doesn't really seem like there was a game. A game implies there's two no. equal opponents. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you were there. Um, we said it had to be kind of a cool atmosphere. I mean, if you win, it's probably cool. Maybe someday I'll be a part of something like that. Yeah, you can only keep losing forever, right? But <clears throat> anyway. That's a different podcast. We are not a Twins podcast. We are a football podcast, no. Mike. So, Vikings obviously winning 38-20. Yes. to 20. Yes. Um, would have been more poetic if it was 38-7. to 7, But, you know, that was kind of out the gate as soon as Philadelphia got that field goal. Yep. But, before we get into that, Mike, a little trip around the league. Do a little North Face thing here, even though it's going to be relatively short. But, around yeah. the league first. Let's go throw it out there, Mike. Is Carolina better without Cam? I don't think so. Uh, I think a fully healthy Cam Newton, and that's something that I, I don't know if how long that will take to get there. But uh, even if Cam's lost a step, I think what he brings, um, you know, he's a very dynamic player. So I, I think he's still the guy when he gets to 100% health. But uh, obviously, right now, you know, Kyle Allen's doing some good things. So I, I think there's a great. Uh, great opportunity for Cam to really rest up, get healthy, and no reason to really rush him back at all at this point. I think there's confidence there. The team's rallied around him. So, uh, you know, they're playing some good football. I, I do believe they've got a couple difficult games here coming up, um, certainly down the stretch, you know, with, with New Orleans. And uh, I think I heard San Francisco coming off their bye. So, yeah, I wouldn't say they're better without Cam, but, I mean, they're, they're playing uh, playing well right now. Four straight. Playing well right now, four straight. We'll get into it a little bit later. Another backup quarterback going four straight since uh, the starter goes down um, in New Orleans. We'll touch on that in, in, here in a second. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just it's one of those things where I don't think we've seen a healthy cam for quite a while. Yeah. So that, that's obviously factored into this. And I think I tend to agree with you. If, if he is 100% healthy, he's the better quarterback on the roster. But at what point do you actually get in there? Is it attainable in a, in a single season i don't know yeah you know but enough about cam newton i think the big story here kansas city has lost its second straight i think second straight at home is it not yeah i believe so yeah. so yeah india i believe went there and, yep. and uh, took care of them so <clears throat> two weeks ago lost to indianapolis this week lost to uh deshaun watson and the houston texans so is there trouble right now in kansas city yeah i, I think there is uh you know, playing at home, you need to win those football games, especially with the 
uh, you know, the lofty goals that that team has. I think, you know, they're Super Bowl favorite, a, a Super Bowl pick by almost everyone, especially after mm-hmm. Andrew Luck retired. Um, if you're not on the Patriots wagon, you know, you certainly were on the Chiefs coming out of the AFC. And to lose two at home, uh, you know, it hurts. And I'm, I'm not saying that the Colts aren't still a decent football team, but uh, they're certainly not the team they were with Andrew Luck. And then you have an up-and-down Texans team that comes in and, and beats you there. And, and, you know, for me, what stood out in this game is they only had, I think, 11 rushing attempts. And, you know, McCoy had one. Damian Williams, uh, sorry, McCoy had eight. Damian Williams won. Uh, DeAnthony Thomas won. Patrick Mahomes won. Uh, I just, I think they need to try to, you know, establish the run a little bit more. And maybe Mahomes needs to move the ball a little more. I was shocked. Uh, one attempt for negative one yards from Mahomes. He's so dangerous with his feet. Of course, he's extremely dangerous with his arm as well. Right. They got Tyreek Hill back. Um, you know, I believe Sammy Watkins is coming back, it sounds like, next week. So they're going to have that full arsenal again. I'm not necessarily worried about the Chiefs long term, but I think this is going to be kind of that wake-up call. Uh, you know, almost that Chicago game like it was for the Vikings, um, you know, like the Pittsburgh game this week and the Chargers, which we'll touch on potentially here. Uh, but yeah, some of these teams just kind of face a game where you kind of realize, hey, this has got to go one of two directions. And I think that's probably where Kansas City's at right now. Right. And, you know, for our own our own benefit, we hope they don't quite get that together until after we play them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even still, you know, I think we've seen the blueprint going forward on kind of how to limit Kansas City and, and limit their explosive plays. And if you can do that, if you can play sound offense on, on the other side of it, um, I, I think you have an extremely good chance of winning. So I think the Vikings, when they play them in a couple of weeks here, have all the tools necessary uh, to go in there and, and sneak a win away from Kansas City. Um, now, whether or not, like you said, if this is a big enough wake-up call for them, and if they start to, to turn it around and, and get back to their, their former selves, putting up 35-plus points a game, you know, it remains to be seen. We'll kind of see how it goes from here. Right. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, just uh, out of character, I think last week when they scored, failed to score like 27, it was the first time since Pat Mahomes has started that they failed to score like 28 points or more which is an absolutely insane stat when you think about it. Right. Just ridiculous. <laughs> you go through another team, it's like, oh, yeah, we only scored 17 this week. Yeah. No, th- that was like his first week not scoring 28 points. It's ridiculous. Right. Yep. No, I, I mean, it's it's, uh, it's shocking. I think they got out of the gate so hot that everyone assumed at home, at home, those are just automatically wins. And uh, struggled the last couple of weeks. And, and I think maybe it... it it might push them over the edge to make a trade. Uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey? Continually talked about in the Ramsey sweepstakes, uh, a player that still did not play this week again. Uh, so you don't know. Something to keep an eye on there. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> next one here, Lamar Jackson. Just absolutely destroying defenses here. Um, I don't want to play this guy. I hope, I hope they're out of the playoffs <laughs> by the time we would potentially face them in the Super Bowl because, like, this guy's dangerous, and Vikings have historically not been good against mobile quarterbacks. And this guy is that to a T. I mean, I will say I'm okay if we have to play him in the playoffs because that means, you know. Well, yeah, because he's in the yeah. Super Bowl, yeah, obviously. Uh, but, yeah. but, no, 19 attempts for 152 and a score on the ground. He also threw for 236 through the air. Well, first quarterback uh, to throw for 200-plus and have 150-plus yeah, rushing. Yeah, I mean, 150 rush yards is just, I think there's That's probably absurd. a handful of players there. I mean, between what, Vic, Kaepernick, him. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, but, you're ecstatic if you're doing that if you're a running back. Yeah, uh, but they, you know, they bounced back. Uh, big win to go to four and two. They were actually down seven nothing in this game. Uh, ended up winning twenty three seventeen, but that included a score by Cincinnati basically as time expired. Um, so they were in control for the most part there. Uh, and four and two. I think this is a team that uh, is gonna be dangerous, right? They're they're gonna have a chance to really get it rolling, uh, and I I think they could they could rattle off some wins. So. Um, I don't know. I, I really like Baltimore. I think I picked them to make the playoffs, I believe, going back to the preview show. Uh, I think you might have as well. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson is, is a special player, and, and uh, we might be talking about him a little bit more and more each and every week if they continue to win games. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, like I said, just a special player. We'll, we'll kind of see how it pans out from there. Sometimes they continue to be hot. Sometimes they, they slide back. Um, but... Remains to be seen right now. He's crushing it, and, uh, you know, they seem to be the class of the that AFC North right now. So, yep. um, Seattle edges Cleveland. This one was a close one. It was. It was. I actually picked Jackson, or sorry, oh, Seattle. Uh, I thought I was looking ahead to Teddy there. Um, yeah, it was a close one. Uh, Baker Mayfield in and out with injuries. Uh, Told the hip injury, I think, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and then actually think what Seattle ended up getting a first down late there to kind of take the ball away uh, not give them a chance but uh, yeah it's a couple of decent teams I think Cleveland again is is kind of because what, what does that put them now that two, two and four, four? Yep. yeah so they're I mean they're kind of getting to the to the edge there right where well I mean you came in here you came in with so much hype it sounded like these guys were destined to go like 12 and four right right out the gate yeah and all of a sudden now you're setting yourself at two and four and you got some issues you need to figure out. Yeah, and I think, you know, that first game was a real wake-up call for them, right? Tennessee comes in and absolutely blows them out at Cleveland. And now Tennessee looks like a not a very good football team. They've got their own issues going on. They benched Mariota this week. Um, I think they were, I don't know if they actually got shut out by Denver, but Denver was shutting them out. Yeah, it looks like 16 nothing. So yeah, they actually got shut um, out, yeah. I think Cleveland rebounded well from that game. They, <clears> they've <throat> played a lot better football since then. Seattle's a very good team. They're 5-1. and one. Uh, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know how much I, I love Russell Wilson and how much I, I respect, the, respect the Seahawks. So uh, a tough loss for them because that would have been a big win. Uh, but yeah, Cleveland at 2-4, and four, you're running out of losses here. So uh, we'll, we'll see what they're made of. To be fair, though, the AFC is, is not really producing a ton of high-win teams. So 2-4 right. and four might be recoverable to get you to 9-7. To and seven. Maybe that's enough. To get you in that playoff picture, yeah, in the I AFC. Think it's going to be close. So, but, um, <clears throat> you know, some some struggles there with Baker. Uh, he's he's really struggled, and I, I don't know if he's losing at all any of the team. You, you hear that he's a great leader, and the team really buys in. But I'm starting to watch some of these performances, and uh, I don't know. You, you just you look at that team, and you see it's got it's got so much talent on the offensive side of the ball. It's it, it's just kind of frustrating, especially if you're a Cleveland fan. What these what this team is producing? Because I mean, yep. you have Odell, you have Landry, you have you have Chubb was doing well. In a couple of weeks, you get uh, um, Kareem Hunt back, and we'll talk about that in a second here. But it, all the talents there, and you know what? I honestly question: Is Baker Mayfield their quarterback? Is he the guy going forward? Because right now, it doesn't seem like he's rising above. It doesn't seem like he's elevating the team around him. So I don't know. I, I, have they actually found their quarterback? I don't know. Time will tell. So. so. Uh, something to keep an eye on, definitely for sure, as, as the season progresses. Um, all right, now into the other quarterback that's stepping in for relief. Yeah. New Orleans is four and zero with Teddy Bridgewater. Now, 
If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you understand how we feel about Teddy Bridgewater. And this is exactly the type of quarterback that he is. He, he's not going to take over games. He's not a Drew Brees type quarterback where he can just take over games and, and crush it. What he does is he takes a team that's got a really solid defense, New Orleans does, and they have decent weapons, and he makes enough plays to get that team to win. And you've seen it here now four four times. Um, so I think if you're the Saints, you have to be extremely ecstatic with this. Like you said, you were hoping to maybe split your games while Breeze is out, but now all of a sudden you're 4-0 without Breeze. So you let Breeze get completely healthy, get ready for that playoff push, because they're getting there. They're 5-1 and one right now. Yeah. No one is really challenging them in that, in that south right now. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, you look at uh, Teddy coming in, and I think if, if I approached that as a Saints fan, I was going to hope that he went 500, right? And just, just get us 500 ball, get Breeze back in. And he has, you know, been magnificent. He's been great. Uh, got them to 4-0 now under, under him, including some quality wins. I actually picked Jacksonville this week. I thought this was the kind of game that I was worried about because um, – you know, Jacksonville's defense has kind of been uh, playing at a much better level, even without Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And, and then you've got, you know, the mustache in, in Gardner Minshew, who was really kind of revitalizing that team. And I thought there was an opportunity for a low-scoring game for them to win it. And it and it ended up being that kind of a game. Uh, but ultimately, Marshawn Lattimore played one of his best games this year, certainly, and, and probably one of his better games overall. Uh, three pass deflections, an interception just all over the field. Uh, really shut down the receivers there in Jacksonville, and, and Teddy got another win. So uh, good for the Saints. They look like the real deal. I think they've got, what, one loss? Yep, 5-1. Uh, they should probably have two, but, uh, you know, Will Lutz makes that 58-yarder against, I can't remember who they, they beat there on, I think that was like week two, but picked McCall, a 58-yarder to, to win it. But, yeah, uh, Saints real deal. They're 5-1 and one along with Seattle. And uh, then you've got the 49ers as well, undefeated, and those are probably you know, right. the well, top class. So right now you're looking at uh, the Saints are second seed right now, um, barring Green Bay. If Green Bay were to win, I believe it goes to deep into tiebreakers because their conference record. Right. No, Green Bay's conference record would be better. So Green Bay would be the two. Um, Saints would be the three at that point. So, And yeah. Seattle would be your fifth seed because playoffs are awesome. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, no, I think the Saints have to be ecstatic with where they're at. Um, just let Breeze come back when he's healthy. Uh, it's working, so why why would you yeah. seek to change that? All right, we just talked about the West as well. San Francisco, 5-0. and Yeah. Now, on the Twitter machine, someone said, well, this is a big surprise, but to me, is it? The last couple of years, we've been looking at San Francisco. We've been looking at them with Garoppolo and the, and the talent they've been uh, assembling there. They've had a couple of really nice drafts. Um, those picks are hitting, and now Garoppolo is actually healthy for a year. Um, I think the last two years he's been hurt, has he not? Uh, yeah, they start what you go back San Francisco, I think, two years ago. They started out like 0-9, 0-10, end up rattling yep. off five or six straight to end the year. They signed Jimmy G. They sign in some of these new guys. Yep. Uh, Garoppolo blows out his knee first series of the first game, wasn't it? Like right right away last oh, year. Because, you know, he played a full game against us. So it wasn't the first game. It was it was. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, that's right. We did open with them. Uh, yep. <clears throat> but it ended up kind of derailing that season. They had a bunch of other injuries. 
Uh, you know, last season was kind of a lost cause for them. But then they come back this year. They get mostly healthy other than McKinnon. Uh, but bring in a Tevin Coleman. Matt Brader really stepped up as a running back. Um, of course, the emergence of Kittle and now yep. healthy Garoppolo. And that defense, that defense is really playing at a high level. They um, really held Jared Goff in check. Uh, check sacked him four times. He had like a one point one fantasy points, just something ridiculous. Yeah, made his life hell. There was no girly. Um, so big win though. I believe that one was even on the road, right? Yeah, that was mm-hmm. at uh, at the Rams. So yeah, big win for them. I think they are the real deal. You know, I guess if someone says it's surprising, they're five and zero. Okay, maybe you yeah. assume they were going to have a loss in there, but uh, this is still a very good football team. We we, we expected this going in now. <clears throat> I didn't expect the Rams to be third in this division at this point in the season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I expect the 49ers to be in the conversation. Seattle always seems to hang around in that conversation. So I think this is probably flipped from where I saw this this going down. But, like you said, this is still a good football team. And they've had a lot of things bounce their way. And, you know, knock on wood, they've been fairly healthy. Yeah. Besides, you know, McKinnon, who I don't think has actually played an actual snap for them in a regular season game since they signed him. So yeah. he legitimately could walk away with like $15 million from San Francisco and not play a damn snap, right, which right. is kind of hilarious in, in, in one side. But but yeah, so San Francisco, they're undefeated. Right now they're up there in the top class of the NFC. So yeah. um, we'll just see how that works out, you know. Yep. Long season. We're only, we're only a third of the way down to it. All right. <clears throat> Chargers. What do we make of the Chargers, Mike? Uh, I don't know. I mean, again, we keep talking about teams that really have their back to the walls, uh, and, and I think that that is the Chargers at this point in time. You have Melvin Gordon back. Um, you're still missing Derwin James. It's going to be a few more weeks for him. But you know, for the most part, you have your offensive pieces, you have a defense there, uh, and you're 2-4. and four. So... Uh, really need to look at themselves in the mirror, especially you look at it's Rivers, a guy that probably time. doesn't have a lot of time left. Um, so we'll see. You know, We're going to see what this team is made of, and definitely disappointing. They got absolutely blown out early yesterday. They ended up scoring 17 in the fourth just to make it a one-touchdown game. Um, but yeah. an embarrassing performance at home. You know, Philip Rivers might... Uh, Put home in parentheses, I guess. Philip Rivers might have more children than he does games left. Well, it could be, could be. I don't know how many kids he has, but I know it's it's high. Yeah, my phone is buzzing over here, so sorry if you can hear that on on the the podcast here. But uh, someone's calling me, and I'm not going to answer because right now we're podcasting. You know, yep. we, we got to prioritize things. That's right. Here. All right. We need to get this to the people. This is information they need to know. All That's right. right. All right. <clears throat> so this was a, a listener request. Um, actually, one of the teams that I I help assist manage. When do you drop Kareem Hunt? If he's on your roster right now because you figured, eh, you know, just see what see what happens after he gets off the suspension, yeah. when is it appropriate to drop him? Um, I think for me, if you're four and two or better, and you've got any semblance of depth right now, and you've managed to hang on to him this entire time, uh, I would say keep going. And if you can keep winning, and he's not hurting you from that depth standpoint, hang on to him. If you're three and three, you're starting to look at things here, and you got to really grind to get into the playoffs. Probably a guy that I'd maybe look to move in a trade to one of those teams that's higher up or drop. Um, you know, we don't know what that value is going to be necessarily when he comes back. Right. Uh, so uh, because I mean, they already got Chubb sitting there, so and he's, Chubb he's and been he's doing good things. So looked like one of the better backs in the NFL this year. So uh, you know, if you can get any sort of value that can help the team out, I would say go ahead and pull the trigger on that. Um, but 
you know, if you're coasting, uh, you know, and he's not hurting you, go ahead and hang on to him. All right, and for context, the, the team that I have this guy in or the team that I'm, you know, assisting with, um, they're 6-0, and and they're two games up on anyone close. So uh, I think I tend to agree with you. Hang on to him. You, you stash him in case something happens to Chubb, you know, in, in the next couple weeks, and he's right there to take over that, that uh, pretty heavy workload they're giving to Chubb right now. So, all right. That ends the Around the League segment. Like, a lot of catch-up we had to do. Now we're talking about the North Face. All right. Now, last week we didn't get to talk about this, but the Bears lose to Oakland. And this week they're on bye. So, Bears lose to Oakland. We obviously crushed Oakland. So, by, you know, transitive properties, the Vikings are better than the Bears. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So, I mean, that's decided. Yeah. I mean, it's just math. Yeah. There you go. So, um... But tonight, Mike, tonight, Green Bay is playing against Detroit. Yeah, about to start up here in, in a little over an hour. For the division lead, I might add. Division lead. 2-1-1 one, one, Detroit coming in to play the 4-1 Packers, I believe. Yeah, should be. So, it'll be an interesting game here. Um, anything we should be looking out for in this game, Mike? Um, I, I think this is going to be, you know, a uh, just a... a battle right it's uh you've got you got the lions who have won i think four of the last five or something like that five of the last six uh rogers beat them with one of those hail marys at one point there uh but they're gonna be confident going in and playing green bay uh certainly with the way their record's at this is their only primetime game so they're gonna want to show up uh, i believe they're mostly healthy and you've got green bay missing a couple key pieces in uh savage and then uh Devontae adams of course on the other side of the ball dealing with the turf toe injury uh, I believe I saw two to six weeks. This is only week two, so he might be out for um, you know a little longer than that. And uh, I think those those two pieces are going to hurt uh, a fair amount. And I look for Detroit actually to come out and, and get a big win here in prime time. Yeah, um, definitely possible for Detroit. Um, they're missing a couple of pieces too as well. Uh, Mike Daniels, who they got off uh, Green Bay last year. Um, Quandry Diggs is also out. Um, Deshaun Hand, I don't. I don't know if he was playing much for them this year. I haven't really followed Detroit that much. But, uh, like I said, the biggest story here of Detroit's inactive, Mike, quarterback David Blau. <laughs> <laughs> David Blau. Yeah. B-L-O-U-G-H. Yeah. I, I mean, first off, epic name. Right. But why aren't you Why aren't you active, bud? Yeah, I. you know, I don't know. That's a uh, mistake in my eyes. It's, it's, right. like, it's like deactivating Gardner Minshew. Like, you just don't do that. Um but yeah, should be a should be a tight game, Mike. Should be a very tight game. Um, like I said, for the division lead, two one and one Detroit versus four and one Green Bay. It, it all comes down to tonight. Yeah, it's uh, it's a big game. I think uh, this looks like this division is really going to come down to these these divisional games, and and you see that when uh, you've got really uh, rock solid divisions from top to bottom, which I think is what we have here, right? It's it's honestly a four team race at this point. Well, I mean, uh, if, if you just look at the NFC North, the worst record in the NFC North is better than the best record in the NFC East. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you just look at it that way. It's like yes, the, the NFC North, um, that division is as well with uh, what is it, the AFC. No, not the AFC. I think the NFC South. No, not Southwest. The NFC West and the NFC North are both just completely stacked teams. Yeah. So, 
it, it'll be very interesting to see what kind of slugfest that, that produces once we get closer to the playoffs, once we get closer to those wild card games, because I wouldn't be surprised if if four playoff teams come from these two divisions. Right. No, I, I wouldn't either. Um, and I think tonight's game is going to tell us a lot, right? Because uh, in my opinion, in my opinion, Green Bay is is edged out a couple games that maybe they shouldn't have. Uh, but good for them, right? You, you can't a win is a win. What is a win? They're they're four and one. Counts the same no matter how you get it. it. You look at if they can win tonight, all of a sudden I believe they're they're three and zero oh at that point against this division, right? Yep. Um, so they put themselves in a really great place, and and they do have a tough schedule down the stretch, but so do we. Uh, so yeah, this is this is a pretty big game. I, I like Detroit though, coming off a bye. Uh, yeah, we'll see what they're made of. See what happens. So, uh, for no other points on the the North Face here, we can get into the Eagles recap. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Before we get there, got a short break. Then we'll get right into the Eagles recap. All right. Welcome back. We are getting into the Eagles recap. Vikings hosting the Eagles, taking them down thirty-eight to twenty. Um, like I said, I wish it would have been thirty-eight to seven. You know, just for poetic justice, but. You know, I'll take 38-20 to 20 because 38 points is a hell of a good day on offense. And I tell you what, it's it's about time this, this team has shown that much offense that it's capable of producing. I think, I think the last time we saw an offensive game this this great was probably Rams last year. Yeah, they looked, uh, they looked great on offense. And I think for me, my biggest takeaway was really how well Cousins played for the most part. Uh, you know, he had poise in the pocket. He rolled out of the pocket with ease. He made the right throwaways. He, for the most part, was extremely accurate. I think there are maybe two throws that uh, I would want back, which we'll touch on here in a little bit. Um, they, you know, they had a little trouble establishing the run early with Dalvin, uh, but then certainly as the game wore on, uh, Madison, Dalvin were able to get a little bit more room, have a couple of five, six, seven-yard runs there. Um but just, yeah, the offense really couldn't have played much better. Pass protection was great. Um, we saw Kyle Rudolph active, get involved. We saw Treadwell. Kyle Rudolph nice had catch. some yak. We saw, we saw Diggs have one of his better games and also have a couple of uh, mess-ups as well, but still overall a great game. We had a Thielen touchdown. I mean, it, it Mike, was... We got to slow down. We're hitting... We a little bit of everything, baby. We're, we're hitting all these points at once. we, we got to dig in a little bit here. Cousins, man. Cousins. Let's just let's, let's drill in on Cousins here for a second. He goes and lays an egg against Chicago. Yeah. Then he goes and he lights up a poor opponent in New York. New York Giants. Then he comes into U.S. Bank Stadium. This guy. He comes into U.S. Bank Stadium. And then what happens? He lights up the Eagles. Now, yeah, you can say, oh, the Eagles secondary is kind of depleted, whatever. But he's lighting up. He's... 38 points. I mean, that's still a hell of a day no matter who you're playing. Right. So, you look at this guy, you have a note here. He looked elite, <clears throat> um, throwing in tight windows just all day, um, stayed really calm in the pocket. And, and here's one thing I cannot understate enough. They're, the Philadelphia's D-line is still pretty elite. Yep, certainly. And our O-line actually did a really good job holding them. We'll get into that specifics of that a little bit later here, but... Um, you mentioned dimes to Thielen, dimes to Diggs. Even Treadwell got in there. Yeah. Our boy Treadwell. <laughs> Welcome back, baby. Yeah. Maybe all I needed was a fresh start with Minnesota. No, I mean, this is what we, 
this is what everyone hoped for with Cousins, right? Uh, there was still, you know, I mentioned, I think that uh, the pass Thielen ended up catching and getting one foot in bounds there. Um, if that throw is more of a laser, that's a touchdown. Uh, some some fans out there still thought that should have been reviewed. I didn't really mm. understand that because it was yeah. only one foot. It was it was pretty clear um, that it wasn't. So yeah. yeah, so you had that throw, and then you had Diggs on a long ball uh, after he connected on the two. Before Diggs' third touchdown, he had another long one where Diggs had gotten in between the seam of two defenders and had beaten them, and Cousins overthrew it. Uh, land, the ball landed right around the end zone line. And no, to, to be fair with some of those long balls, those are tough throws to make. True. And, and a lot of times, if you're hitting 50% of those, that's an extremely high mark. And I think he, he must have hit three-quarters of those that he was tossing. Yeah, and like I said, those are really the two that I thought uh, that I you know remember. And yeah. they didn't really replay that pass on, the, on TV if you watched it. But my dad, who was at the game, said they replayed that a few times on the, the, the Jumbotron, if you will. And it looked like Diggs was kind of doing the... Uh, he wasn't going full speed. It, I don't know if he didn't think the ball was going to be thrown there or he was trying to set kind of a trap. Uh, but ultimately, according to my dad, if uh, he was going full speed, you know, he would've certainly would have got to that ball. So, so, so um, maybe some miscommunication they can kind of clear was, up. Like, and, hey, if he's in there, I'm just going to chuck it, go get it. And Cousins talked about it afterwards. He mentioned specifically that throw that he missed in the post game, um, kind of jokingly. You know, obviously he had a hell of a game. Uh, but yeah, he. This is what we wanted, right? When you bring him in for eighty-four million, this is this is the performance that you need. If he gets decent protection, he makes throws. If he rolls out, he's able to roll out, create, make the right decisions. You look at that third down throw across the middle of the field to Thielen, where he fit it into a tight window, and, and no, that but he scrambled to get that one open too, and understood the break where the receiver mm-hmm. was going to be, threw it between a couple defenders. Those are the sorts of plays we need him to make. If Cousins can play like he did yet uh, yesterday, every single week, this team is going to be very difficult to beat. I don't care who we're playing or where we're playing. And one thing in his press conference was extremely talented to me, where where he said, um, week one against Atlanta, he played the game that was called. Right, that that included ten passes. This game, he played the game that was called. That included twenty nine passes. Now, to me, you bring in this guy, you should trust him a bit more than just trying to to run the ball down the throat of your opponent. That's that's a way to win, but you're not going to put points up the board fast and get the game out of hand extremely fast like you will throw into the air with 50-yard TD connections. So I think you have Kirk Cousins. You know he's capable of doing this. So get him in that rhythm early. Be aggressive with some of this stuff where you know you can take the chances, especially when you're at home. Yeah. Like This should be the blueprint for every single home game. Right. Yes, you understand your running game is strong. We'll get into that in a second. But you got Cousins. He can throw it. He can hit these receivers. And you have two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And a third one, by the way, B.C. Johnson, who was not too shabby either. No. Who's actually turned out to be a really, really good developmental pick. I think every week you see him get better. And you saw him open a ton um, this past Sunday. So I think you look at this game and you're like, this is how we should be aggressive. We should be calling this type of game going forward. Because to me, Kirk Cousins plays to the game that's being called. And here we call an aggressive game, so he was aggressive, and he played up to that. So I think half of this is if you if you call the right plays, he's going to see the open guys he's going to get there, and the O line has only improved as as this has gone on. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's exciting to see what's possible going forward. 
No, I, I think you're right. I think it was just for me the confidence, um, the ability to not check down. I don't even remember a check down, which is nice instead of thinking of where I don't remember a non check down. Right. Um, but you look at that third touchdown to Diggs. I think the play was designed to Thielen. He looked Thielen across, didn't like it, ended up making a perfect throw to Diggs in the back of the end zone. Um, just, I loved it. I loved the confidence. I loved uh, the poise in the pocket. And I, I don't, I just don't understand why that can't be every week. I think that to me is the differentiator for like a Matt Stafford or someone like, yeah, Stafford occasionally will have, you know, a little bit of off games, but he, he seems like that kind of guy where you Hey, you're in the pocket. You're able to, you know, be that guy week right. in and week out. And I don't understand the variance necessarily every single week with Cousins. Uh, now, obviously, as we'll touch on here at the end of the show, he's got a big opportunity next week to go win a road game against a team that, uh, well, I guess technically they might not have a winning record. We'll see. Uh, right? They could be 500. Uh, well, they could be under 500. You're talking about Detroit. If they go 2-2-1, two, two, that's... Uh... <laughs> Well, whatever. Um, but well, yeah, I think it's not. still a game. Like, this is a game, right? It was a winning. You had you had an Eagles team. Uh, I think this is a quality win. This is a win that a lot of people, not cousins for not being able to get. Now let's see you do it on the road against another quality team. Now, what I do like is we're going to be indoors. Um, I think that bodes well overall for, for us. Uh, Detroit know. isn't typically a place that gets extremely noisy. I mean, I'm sure the, the volume level is up there, but it's... You don't go into Detroit saying this is a daunting place to play. No, in Detroit it doesn't have that rep. Detroit also has a tendency to sit back a little bit more um, and kind of let the offense come to them when when they're playing. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a different scheme than when it's like all go, you know, go, 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 try to apply that pressure. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be another great opportunity. But certainly Cousins checked every box this week. Yeah, um, by far. And, you know, there's going to be naysayers out there that are saying, Oh, well, Eagles, you know, secondary is depleted. Well, it's st- he put up 36 points. Still got to make the throw. I mean, you still got to hit the receivers. It's, it's one thing if they're open or not. You still got to hit it and make the right decisions. And I think he made almost every single right decision. I he mean, my, immediately, my immediate argument to that would be our problem is that Cousins wasn't hitting open receivers. Right. So I don't care what's – it could be me out there guarding a receiver. And if he gets by me, Cousins wasn't necessarily, A, throwing to that person, and B – accurately throwing to him so we saw that this week it's exciting uh the team is four and two i think a lot of fans i certainly saw on vikings twitter a lot of people coming back on this wagon uh and hey you know if they can end up winning next sunday we've got a great opportunity to move to six and two uh you gotta gotta figure that's that's exactly what you expected to be the gauntlet came and that's where i had us so i mean i'm I'm loving it but loved cousins this week yeah absolutely 100 percent um stefan diggs I think we can put to get to put to bed any rumors on, on this yeah. guy. Um, I think they were overblown in the first place. I completely um, buy into what he was saying, where it's like, no, you guys put out the narrative that I was discontent and unhappy. I didn't say that. I mean, yeah, I, I think he's backpedaling a tiny bit, but the guy's an emotional guy. He wants to win, and you go out there, you show up for 100, 167 um, yards on seven catches with three touchdowns. I mean, holy hell. Even even with, he had a couple of drops. I think he had one blatant one, and then you might be talking about the one year that was kind of a pop-up for the interception. 
that that was thrown to him at about 200 miles an hour, man. Like, I'm not surprised he didn't catch that. That <laughs> thing was like thumped off his damn chest. Through the through the heads or through the hands off the helmet and, and yeah. right to and well not right to Sandano well, but close. Kind of yeah. Um, yeah, I mean he dropped that one. Then he dropped another easy one where he just took his eye off the ball at the yeah. last moment. He was already making the move. Yeah, oh, that was one that was he was kind of out on the screen. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, overall I think Diggs. Hey, it's actually uh, it's okay, right? He. He kind of made a couple of mistakes there. I think that that, uh, you know, bigger picture, um, that's a good way for him to, to understand that, hey, you know, guys make mistakes. I've dropped passes before, right, et cetera. Um, but obviously the... the no, it's, I mean, that's a really good point because, I mean, he was ragging on Cousins for making all these mistakes, not hitting yeah, them. Yeah. Maybe that kind of humbles him just a little bit. Exactly. Saying, oh, We're not all perfect here. I screwed up a couple... You know, we can let it go. Yep. So, but overall, I think you're right. You know, a huge game for Diggs. It was it was Randy Mosk esque. Um, I mean, when he got behind them again, which was basically back to back plays almost offensively there. Yeah. Uh, man, I I was just sending out a bunch of texts like, holy cow, this guy is uh, the real yeah, deal. Yeah, he's he's next level, man. He's yeah, that's why there was like even though there were trade rumors of like, oh, he wants to be sure. There's not a damn chance in 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 hell that you trade Diggs. No. One, because of the talent he represents. Two, because he gave us Minneapolis Miracle. You think we're going to trade that away? Are you kidding me? Well, Three, because look at the contract he's on. His contract is glorious. Well, and, and listen, he wants to win. And yeah. I think we were all frustrated. Some of you probably took a couple shows off. You know, you might you might have decided to do some yard work over the course of uh, that Giants game, and now you got mm-hmm. looped back in, and now you're really back in. I think... Just um, when I think I'm out. <laughs> I think players go through uh, the same frustrations, yeah. and uh, I know Thiel has well, expressed that. And I mean, we sit there, we watch it three hours a week. This is their job. They're yeah. preparing the entire week for one opponent, for one three-hour span. Yeah. Imagine if you did that in your work, where your entire whole work week was preparing for a three-hour presentation, and yeah. then you lost yeah. that presentation. You didn't get the job. And then you have the uh, the Bears performance. Right. You would be frustrated too. <laughs> it's kind of like the Tommy. That would be reminiscent of like the Tommy Boy, where he lights the the car. Wee, wee, wee. Oh my God! You guys over the corner puking his guts out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, uh, but Diggs yeah. back. Uh, loved it. Thielen got his. I know we're not really going on that, but he had a beautiful catch in the corner of the end zone. Uh-huh. Just another dime. Um, yeah, uh, the offense was clicking. Absolutely. So, um, next one here, Mike, because this one I had to bring up. 122 rushing yards. Yeah. Against the Philadelphia defense, who is very good against the, the, the rush. Um, Philadelphia is allowed, previous to this game, 28, 57, 86, 77, and 67 yards. Haven't given up more than 86 yards rushing in the entire year. Right. And we rushed on them for 122. That's a testament to, one, our passing game being as efficient because they had to they had to protect against that. So that opens up the run. And two, just how dynamic our running backs are and how dynamic our uh, run blocking is. Yeah. Now, obviously, this isn't a barn burner of the game of the rushing attack, but, I mean, anytime you can rush that well against a pretty stout rushing team, I think they're still ranked number two in rushing defense. I mean, hell, <laughs> you have to be excited about that. 
Yeah, I, again, I think a majority of those yards came in the second half. I know Madison had a 35-yard run. You had Diggs with that eight-yard scramble on whatever the hell that play was. Um, <laughs> you mean the double reverse? Yeah. That's great. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you had a, you had a, a couple other, I think, six, seven, eight-yard runs later. So they definitely kind of established that run later. But, yeah, anytime you can get over 100 overall, um, it's a good thing. And, and like you said, they last year I think were also one of the top rushing defenses in the NFL. So it's a hard team to run against. Uh, it's great that we were able to really be successful both spots. Yeah. Um, I think, again, Delvin, he, he came right out the gate. His first run, I think, was maybe for five or six, and then he got stuffed. At, at some point, he was like 11 carries for 34. Yeah, you know, so, they were really trying to grind it out. But so, so there were some plays that you saw were either a combination of Philadelphia's D-line just being that, that great, or I think, honestly, a couple of them were uh, Dakota Dozier, just completely, I think, missing his assignment. Yeah. Because it just seemed like he, he was blocking someone that wasn't there or anticipating a different shift in the way the other one was blocking or maybe he missed an audible. I, I'm not certain. But some of those were just like, the guy got a free release to the inside. And any D lineman that gets a free release to the inside when you're trying to rush to the inside, he's going to get you for a tackle for loss of like negative three yards. Just how it is. Um, but, yeah, I mean – we got stuff, but then what do you do? You go out there, you throw up a 52-yard touchdown to, to Diggs, and all of a sudden now they need to put more help on the secondary to try to prevent that the next time. And then all of a sudden now you're dealing with a seven-man box. So yeah, it's uh, it, it's complimentary football to a T, and I know that cliche gets thrown around a lot, but this team is capable of doing that in any given game. If they try to take away the run, you burn them with, with Diggs and Thielen. If they try to take away Diggs and Thielen, you burn them with, with Dalvin and Madison. It's... This team is capable of doing this every single week. Yeah, I, I think we, I vividly remember here talking about coming into the season and, and you know, I, I had a little bit of concern about the defense taking a, a slight step back. And, and honestly, now I'm still, you know, on the fence a little bit. I think overall we'll get to it in a moment. They played a pretty solid game. Um, they just got to clean up a few things, right? Yes. But it seems like every game we're talking about cleaning up a few things and we're going to be approaching halfway through the season here in a short amount of time. So, uh, but we had mentioned that the offense might become more of the focal point here. The offense might emerge to be, hey, one of the top five offenses in the NFL. And and I think that there still is an opportunity if Cousins can continue to play with the confidence and poise that he did this week. And you have Delvin healthy. You have Madison, who we saw, take a lot of carries in the second half. And yeah. that's great because... And he's, he's able to do it well. Yeah, I mean, he did you, well. You don't drop off a ton. And the thing that I mentioned to you is... We knew Madison's going to have a couple, a fumble, fumble here, yep. fumble there this year. But what did we say? We want it to happen in in moments where it doesn't matter. He's able to learn from yep. it. He gets better, but it doesn't matter. Like, happens like, this, like this week. One. We're up double digits late in the game. He fumbles like the ball. Fifty seconds left um, or something like that. Yep, yeah, coming down into was we were about to score. Yep. Actually, yeah, they were on like the ten or something. Yeah. Like that, yeah, and he loses the ball. Okay, now you go back. You're going to hear about it. You're going to learn from it. And now when we get into a big game situation, we're going to have a little bit more confidence he's not going to fumble that ball. So yep. a lot of great things happened here. Uh, but, yeah, I love the fact that we're able to do both, uh, you know, establish that run and beat you through the air. All right. Last thing we got to get on here with the offense, and then we'll move on to a different topic. We spent a lot of time on the offense for good reason. Well, 38. For, for should have been 45. 38 points should have been 40. Like that. Maybe even more. Though. Should have been even more. <laughs> Could have been even 50. Could have yeah. got the 50-burger, honestly. But, um yeah, so, yeah, 38 is a nice number. <laughs> um, but I would be remiss if I didn't touch on my favorite position in football, O-line. And I'm going to tell you this, Grad Garrett Bradbury had his best game of his career so far. Far and away his best game of his career. Um, 
posted his best passing grades, his, his best run, not his best run blocking grades, but his far and away his best pass blocking grade. Um, graded out, I believe, our fourth, no, wait a minute, I'm sorry. Um, not our fourth, but he was up there. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. I'm getting the PFF grades here. I just, I need a second. I feel like this is weekly. I need a second. You're, you're, right? Yes, I know, Mike. Okay, but would you just, okay? All right, I just, all right, one second. I'm getting there. We should play that thinking music when right, you're looking yes. up PFF Okay, would you grades. just, all right, just, okay. Second highest run blocking grade, um, pass blocking grade, only behind Rashad Hill, who did not give up pressure. Garrett Bradbury gave up also zero pressures. Had one penalty, whatever. Best pass blocking grade of his career by far. And it wasn't against an unquality opponent. He's up against Fletcher Cox. Yeah. All right. That's a that's an extremely high quality opponent. And he was completely solid. Not his best run blocking performance, but overall not a great run block blocking performance across the board. But what I like that I'm seeing out of Garrett Bradbury is constant improvement, constant progression. This is what I expect from the first round pick. Some of them they pop off from the start and they're. You know, they're, they're performing yeah. high level from the start. Yeah. Him, horrible to start. First couple of games, horrible. Gotten progressively better. Every single game has been an increase on what he's able to do. He's getting stronger. His technique is getting more sound. He's seeing more. He's an extremely smart player. So he's seeing more. He's understanding more what's going on. He is going to be, no no doubt, one of the best centers in the league in the next couple of years. Guaranteed it. Um, next guy, um, Rashad Hill. Surrenders zero pressures in relief of Riley Reef. Yep. Now, not playing against a super high quality opponent there, but to surrender zero pressures in relief when your typical position is on the right side and you come on there on the left, I mean, I don't think you can ask for any more. And then lastly, giving my boy Brian O'Neill some love because he has not surrendered a single sack since entering the league. That's insane. There's like four people on that list right now. It just you have to be excited about this development. Like this old line is gonna be continuing to get better. What what about the guy you're not mentioning here in in Elfline? Uh, what are your I didn't mention here? him on purpose. Yeah, I mean, is this a lost cause at this point? Do we still have hope that you know he's got a place not only on this team but in this league? Or, or where are we at here? Pat Elfline to me is a backup quality player. I think he can fit in in that swing back up in the interior. He can play center. He can play guard. But I think right now we know what his talent is. We we know what he is as a player. He's a backup quality player. At this point, I don't think we have a quality enough player to replace him with right now at the left guard spot. I just don't think that exists right now on the Vikings roster. What about if Klein comes back, able to fill, um, you know, fill in on the right side? Any chance you could swing over? Uh, you talking about Dozier? Dozier yeah. Here's 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 the issue with swinging guys over. When it's in season, especially with guards, everything is flipped, and it's imagine you being right-handed, and then you break in your right hand, and you need to write for a living, so you have to do everything with your left hand. Are you going to be anywhere close to this profession no. if you haven't no. done it before? So that's the kind of flip it is, and I think people understate this a lot. That is a massive change in your head of what you're doing, and the blocking schemes are relatively the same. It's just mirrored, but your first step is is always different. So imagine it's something you've done the same way for literally your entire career, your high school career, your college career, your first however long in the NFL. Now all of a sudden you need to switch it, and you need to be doing it on the opposite side. That's just it's it takes a whole lot of mental 
mental strain to get there. And some guys can do that really easily, but more often than not, that's a huge minus trying to switch sides on the offensive line. Do we know, because I know some of these guys, as they go through the different levels, you know, whether it be high school, pro, and then they get into the NFL, depending on the fit, the scheme, um, they have played both sides. Uh, right. Do we know, does Dozier, do we have guys that have experience on that left side? Um, or um, is this a spot where maybe we have to look at bringing someone in midseason, trying to pick up a free agent? I mean, at what point... Are, are we getting to a point where it's a concern that, hey, Elfine is, is causing major issues and he needs to be replaced in season? Pass blocking-wise, I'm, I'm extremely concerned. I think he's gone down um, pass blocking-wise as a left guard. Um, run blocking, he's been adequate. Um, but <clears throat> I don't think we're at that level yet. But certainly next couple games, if we continue to see decline, um, we could be getting there quick. Now, if you want to take the chance, you just saw... Uh, um, Rashad Hale played very well, left tackle. You want to take the chance, you slide in Reef to guard, Rashad Hale, tackle, and then all of a sudden now Elfline is your swing guy in the middle. Um, that, I think, would have a bit more of a effectiveness. Actually, and actually, I'm, I might not hate that because I think Hill is a little bit quicker, and I feel like Reef again, yes. gets beat on that edge yeah. often. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I think you're 100% accurate on that. Um, Hill is, is definitely, I think, a, a bit of a, a quick step, so he's able to, to get in place yeah. and recover a lot quicker than, than a Reef can. And if Reef gets beat on some of those moves, he's, he's done. Yeah. He's just kind of like a, a Khalil. He just doesn't recover enough to get there. Now, when you're in guard, you're either helping or you're getting help in almost every single play. So you're almost never single up. So, yeah, I, it's definitely something to consider um, long term. I don't know how, how that actually pans out. I don't know. It's... O-line is, is something that they rarely try to move around in season, and I don't really understand why they don't try to do new combinations in season, but it's one of those things where you'd be hard-pressed to find a single team that tries to shuffle that around unless they need to because of injury. So, okay. I don't know. It's it's something to keep your eye on, definitely, but yeah. um, Garrett Bradbury is doing well. I think Klein, when he's been in, has been lights out. You know, um, O'Neal has been awesome on the right side, so... I think just that left side, you clean that up just a little bit, I think you're laughing. So Okay. That's enough with the offense, I think. I think we've, we've talked that to death. Let's get into special teams real quick, and then we'll fin- uh, finish with defense. Special teams, Mike. Fake field goal. Everson gets a second interception. Yeah. I didn't really understand the fake field goal. No, I didn't either. Hell of a play by, I believe, Waynes to initially identify it and kind of drop back. Um but yeah, nice to cover that. I didn't understand it either. I think you always, you know me, you take the points on the road. Um, I'm trying to think of what the situation was. So it was... Uh, they were down to like 15 seconds left. So even if they're successful there, you're still probably kicking the ball in the next play. Like well, they just so, didn't yeah, add so up. Unless they, you're, look, you're, you're clearly, you're looking, they must have seen something they like and you're thinking you're scoring on that play. Yeah, they were down 14. I think that's what uh, that's what Doug Peterson said. He said he, he liked the alignment they had. So you're so, thinking they're gonna, he's going to leak and they're going to score. Okay. Well, whatever. Um, yeah, it was nice. Ev got the pick. I was actually hoping that he was going to swing it back because he had, he had, I think, Harry and somebody right behind him. And, I mean, Everson Griffin's fast, right? Especially, yeah. But you, he's also a very large athletic man that can make some blocks. Yeah. So I'm thinking if he pitches it back, we might have had an opportunity. Uh, he did a hell of a job trying to get to open field. I was hoping. He was close. I wanted him to get a he chance. He was so yeah. close. That was fun to watch. Okay, but okay. Here's a fantasy implication that came up at work today. Does what is it, Elliot? Yeah, he should. Should lose the two points? Yeah, she. Hundred percent. Yeah, or three points in some yeah. leagues. 
Like, Absolutely. But it's, for some reason, like, that's not standard. I know. I saw that. I don't understand that. So I have Elliot in a couple leagues, and I didn't so lose do any I. points from him. I'm like, all right. Like, I mean, it didn't matter because I, I basically in all my leagues except the one I'm losing. But the point is, I think that that should be a negative. You, you should get negative. Like, if he, yeah, I, I would, I'm with you. And if he throws a touchdown pass, he should get points for the touchdown yeah, pass. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I'm with you on that one. Whatever. I mean, I mean this, is the, this is the epitome, though, of kickers aren't actual real people, though. No, and and you should continue to drop kickers from your fantasy leagues if you haven't already. It's a great trend, and they should just not be a part. Well, of Well, apparently, leagues. like the Daily Norseman fantasy league that that they have, their kickers, like if they miss a kick, it's like negative fifty. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, well, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, anyway, a couple more special teams notes. Britton Colquitt, elite holder. Yeah. I, I at this point, I would say. That's, that, that had to have been the issue. Um, probably one of our most important uh, signs, right? It, that had to have been the, the kicking issue. It had to have been. <sighs> yeah. I, I mean, it, I, it, It's I either that or the, the fifth-round pick you spent to bring in Care, Care, Care Corey. I don't know why I always say yeah. Care, but, but Corey Vedvik. That ended up kicking Bailey in the pants enough to get him to, to yeah. where is that now. No, I, I think you've seen it. I, it's weird with Bailey, the Bailey jersey thing on the line. I'm watching everyone really close. Uh, and... No, Colquitt does a great job. There were a couple even this week where they were a little inside and he was able to grab yeah. it, position it nicely. Um, he's also punted really well. He did have one bad punt uh, this week, and he it was kind of funny because the, the moment he kicked it, he reacted negatively, and that was the one where I think the Eagles took over at um, like the 40 their 45, at 40-45. But, uh, no, he's been great, and then, uh, you know, I guess on top of that, You've really clearly seen the improvement of Bailey also off of that holding. Okay, one question. So on this, I think we said what top five? Can yeah. Um, what metric are we going by? Because right now PFF I thought we were grade. Going by, I thought we were going by accuracy, just overall accuracy. Overall accuracy. Okay. PFF grade. Dan Bailey's eighth. Okay. Overall accuracy. I don't know if that. I still need a couple more weeks. I think of. Uh, I don't know if that actually exists on, on this. We'd have to look. Well, if they have it on, yeah, like ESPN or anything, they've got um, it. But, yeah, so basically it's not looking good. It's looking like I'm going to own a Dan Bailey jersey. <laughs> um, I'm not ecstatic about that, but... We never know. I might, I might allow, like, a buyout or something here, you know. We'll, well see. we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, it, as long as the buyout is not, like, you have to buy a Christian Ponder jersey instead. However, no. if, if the buyout is you have to buy a Matt Castle jersey, I will do it right now. All right. Huh. Fair enough. Because Matt Castle is, is Bay. <sighs> anyway. Um, so Bailey solid. Still waiting for Cheryl's return touchdown, but you know. Yeah, he almost uh, almost had a nice little return here this I week. Almost slipped by. So. Um, I still doesn't matter. I, I don't know why. I'm just terrified every time we have anyone back there trying to catch a ball. Um, okay, but in regards to returners, I think it was, I forget which game it was, but there's a left-footed punter, okay. apparently, and apparently that makes the ball spin the reverse direction, and that's difficult for returners to feel because they're not used to it. I just. They can't, they can't, but, okay, but, you wouldn't think so, but the dude muffed, like, two out of three punts, so clearly there's something there. Don't they, when you're practicing, don't they have, like, the, almost like, remember when you played baseball growing up and they dropped the ball, and yeah. the, you know, don't they have that where they can spin it either way? Wouldn't we practice for both? You, okay, you would think... I just refuse to buy that. I, I'm not. There's no you way. No, you know what? I'm just, maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's not. I'm just saying it, it might be a thing. And maybe left-footed punters are the new nuclear weapon oh in the NFL. God. I don't Let's know. Move on to defense. I'm just, I'm just saying. Just just think about it, all right? You know? Just saying. All right, defense. Did enough to, to, to win the day. 
you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I think they, you know, they stood strong when needed. Um, they were pretty good on third down. Uh, obviously had a couple turnovers there as well. Um, I was a little disappointed, especially early on in the game, uh, at the, the pressure getting to Wentz. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's happened a couple times this year where I just wanted a little bit more. Now, we did get to him later on in the game as he needed to take more time and, and uh, find those open receivers. Um, but, yeah, I think overall the defense did enough. We've talked about it. If they can hold teams to that 20 or under, we believe with this offense, uh, it's going to put us in a good chance to at least be in the ball game at the end, if not win it most of the time. So, uh, well, what's the Zimmer stat if, if the offense scores 21 plus points? Yeah, something like that? yeah, yeah, really good. So, yeah, I mean, defense again, you know, Zim thought, I, I think I saw in his post game that they played uh, pretty well overall. A couple of mistakes they need to clean up on coverage that we got beat a few times. Uh, they had the running back coming out of uh, Miles Sanders there coming out of the backfield. They had a couple of nice returns, and, and it's continually it's getting Kendricks and Barr onto these guys and, and causing yep. mismatches. And Barr did get um, almost like a screenplay on the one, um, but yeah, overall I think the defense again continues to be fine, uh, stayed healthy, which is good. Um, I don't know, it's kind of same same old there. I think the defense should have a better opportunity coming up this week. Uh, against Stafford, a team they're they're comfortable with, and I think the last time we faced them, we had ten eight, sacks. Was it ten, was ten the Carolina game or was eight the Carolina game? And then ten eight, was I think eight was Carolina. Ten was ten was, ten was the, definitely Detroit. Ten, okay, yeah, yeah we so sacked Detroit ten times. I think in the dome um, we sacked Matthew Stafford ten times. Yeah, no, it's I'm excited for the defense coming up this week. I'm excited for the game this week. So, um, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's it's really managing. Uh, some of those areas that continually seem to cause issues for us. And I know that, that there's two sides to, every, to everything, right? Because while we're planning, you've got Peterson on the other side planning against us right. as well. So they're identifying, you and, and, know, and it's, Sometimes things. it's not always like the coverage was horrible. Sometimes that's, well, the coverage was less than ideal and you're playing against a, yeah. a very good um, route combination that just yeah. happens to match up very well against the coverage you were playing. So it's... Yep. It's a it's that whole chess game where it's you know you're not going to be right in every single move you make, but you hope that at the end of the day you make enough right moves to get the checkmate. Yeah. So um, I just like that analogy I came up with. I have to pat myself on the back. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, like I said here, misdirection plays kind of hurt us a little bit. Yep. Um, Roads. <sighs> kind of like the end of construction season. Some of them are starting to open up a little bit. Some are still closed. The on-ramps are still kind of being constructed, but they're definitely kind of flowing a bit. I mean, listen, here. the good news is with Hughes back, uh, you know, Wayne's Roads, we've got the ability to kind of move corners around. And they need it. Are you saying, are you disparaging my boy, um, what's his name? Mac Alexander? No, and also J. Ron Curse. No, not at all. Well, you didn't even include well, him in that. I mean, you're not. I, I don't think they're putting. They're getting into putting into the rotation uh, that these three are. Mike, but, who, who do you think the top graded defensive oh player God, was here we this go. week? Again with your grades. You're obsessed with the grades. Who, 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 the who, is, who is the to top grader? Who, who, is, who is the top graded <laughs> defender this week? Take a guess. It must have been Mackenzie Alexander. It was. Wonder who the fifth top graded was. Curse. Yeah. You want to know the only secondary guy that was in between there? Anthony Harris, the third. Mm -hmm. So two guys you didn't even mention were first and fifth on the team. 
Okay. Regardless. I'm just, I'm just saying. Have like, the just give him some respect. Uh, right? But I, I think Rhodes is, is a bit of a concern, right? Yeah. Uh, it's something to watch going forward. Uh, obviously, with the next two games, you know, I don't know. I mean, what do you got? Kenny Galladay. Yep. Uh, and then you've got an emergence Jones. of um, McLaurin, uh, rookie receiver for the Redskins, who's been really good. Um, nice speed guy there. I don't necessarily but know if that's going to be a Rhodes assignment or not. But if, if that's all you got, you're going to double him. If, if that's really all they have for weaponry, right? You're pretty much going to double him. You're going to take him away. It, it's. I think what we want here is it's something to keep an eye on. But this yeah. does actually give me a talking point that I'd, I'd love to hear from you is Holton Hill. We're coming up on right. Yep. Uh, Week nine, he'll be he'll be back. Eight game. It was uh, eight, games, eight games. Four and four. Yep. So um, eight total games. So. Where are we at on that? Have you heard anything? Are you thinking he's got a spot on this team? Do we still need to play it out and see if anyone goes down? Um, Here, here's, here's where it's intriguing to me because because BB goes down, obviously you lose your return. You bring in Cheryl's. Cheryl's secondary position, his primary is punt returner. His secondary position is DB. Well, again, again, please you, God, you, no. you don't want to put him in there. Yeah. But Holton Hill has returned kicks before. So, now, here's my question. Do you run in there, and you bring back Holton Hill, and you cut loose Marcus Sherrills? Because then you actually have, you, you may be taking a hit on the return game a little bit, maybe. I don't know, we haven't really seen him in that role much, but you're definitely taking a step up in your reserve DBs. Yeah, or, or let me ask you this. What about, uh, like, Amir Abdullah? Uh, is that a guy that... You could look with the emergence of Madison, uh, you know, or are you worried that we're running a little too thin if you do something like that? I'm worried the way you're using Madison and Cook, you'd be running dangerously thin at that point. Because um, I mean, we've seen we've seen them use Amir Abdullah in a game. But they still got we still got Mike Boone, right? Right. Uh, but, but if you're giving that to me, you're, you're cutting Boone. You're not cutting Abdullah okay. because Abdullah is a backup returner. He, he can do more than Boone can right now, and Abdul is actually getting into the game. Boone isn't. Well, Boone had a nice tackle on special teams this week. <laughs> okay. Okay. But you understand my point there, Yeah, right? well, I guess, okay, let's just say come week nine, in your opinion, your gut right now is Holton Hill on the roster. Yes. Okay. But I'll caveat that and say if he's followed the program that Zimmer and Rick Spielman laid out for him, over these two months where he could have zero contact with the team. So that is, so I was going to ask you on that. Was all eight weeks no contact? No contact with the team. Okay. What what uh, Zimmer said was going into that is he's, he's got a plan. We set out a plan for him. This is what we want you to do. This, 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 and this. If he's followed that program, if he's, if he's clearly on the path to where they're comfortable with him going forward saying, all right, he's not going to screw up, I guess, again, then yes, I think he's on the roster week nine. I think the talent is just too high there to just let him slip out. What is what is the protocol for this? Because if like are the Vikings allowed to speak to like a third party? Could they, could they hire like me? Mike Zimmer talks to me, and I'm working directly with Holton Hill. I'm relaying the messages. Hill talks to me. I relay it to Zimmer. Like okay, is it is there kind of a shady area there or what? Because not okay. you know they're so, getting around that right. The, you're talking very similar to like a tampering thing. Like people do it, teams do it, they tamper. There's deals in place well before they can actually be signed. You know that, 
Anthony Barr had one in well in place before he signed. Right. So that I mean, I figure it's it's on some level is that like there's probably isn't any direct contact, but I'm sure they're they're understanding that he's either showing up to what he's supposed to be doing or he's not. They they understand that at this point. And I would have to assume that if they're getting bad reports back, yeah, he'll be gone. But I have no indication as as to either way on that. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, they probably understand a good bit about what he's been doing. Yeah. In this off time. All right. Well, something to think about, you know, because it's, it's going to be here uh, before we know it. So. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think we're. With Can't sit a game, right? With, with what we have coming up, contract wise in the future, Holton Hill is a piece you cannot just afford to to let go. Cut. Yeah. You need to have that going forward, but you also need to be very careful with it because he's in, he's now in the program for, I think, PEDS and... Um, yeah, and what, in the, the next violation is that... I think the next violation is eight. Ten, eight or ten. Um, yeah, so the next one is eight, and then after that it's like indefinite up to the discretion of the league. Yeah. So he's already in that program. He's already in a dangerous spot. Okay. Like, there is no more... You don't get randomly selected anymore. You're... You're basically given a sample every single week, so kind of like the whole Josh Gordon thing. It's like, no, you don't get to screw all of this anymore. You right. you burn that right. Interesting. Like, this isn't like a Percy Harvin where you can get high every every week anymore. It's not. You yep. can't do that. So, yeah, I think he's on the roster. Okay. Uh, yeah, we talked uh, Mackenzie Alexander, big interception. Uh, we love him. We love Curse, and I mean, we love this defense overall. I, I think. I trust them for the most part. Uh, love the fact that they've all played together for a long time, and I'm excited. Everyone stayed healthy. Let's just mm-hmm. keep, you know, that's the one thing throughout. Uh, I think on both sides of the ball, for the most part, obviously Klein has missed a little bit of time. You had Reef come out for a little bit of time. Um, for the most part, though, this team's staying healthy. So let's hope that that can maintain anything with Mac that you got still, or just. Um, no, just gonna see him back in there. Seems like uh, possibly that elbow injury is kind of like a week to week thing, maybe. Um, because he was back for game, then he was out last game. So I'm um, hoping he can stay healthy with that because obviously he makes an impact when he's on the field. Uh, so, yeah. Dalvin Cook, I just realized, is now available in my guillotine league. He was on a team that got cut this week. Wait, what? how the hell does that work? He's uh, got, his team was, I mean, he had Dak and Dalvin, who both did fine, but then he got hurt. He had Derrick Henry, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, um, and then flexed Brandon Cooks. George Kittle also hit in the wire, so. Wait, so so like you cut a team every week? Yeah, start out with seventeen teams, and the lowest scoring team every week is gone. Like, why don't why don't you involve me in some of that? Like, <laughs> we could, yeah, I'll this, do them. This seems awesome, man. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's another whole broadcast. Yeah. Um, Last point of the defense. Dino Hunter, man. Monster. He's he's what he's he's. Set the record for the most sacks before 25. Didn't he enter the league at like 20? Yeah, he was young. Yeah, so um, he set the the record for the most sacks before 25, and he's got two more games yet to add yeah. to it. He's going to get at least one against Stafford. Guarantee it. And he should probably get several against Washington. Yeah, I think, he'll, get, sure. I think he'll build on that number. Um, he's a monster. He's been fun to watch. Um, and, you know, another thing, too, with this defense, we're, we're, we're getting a little more creative, too, on the blitzes, which yes. is something we wanted to see. Cause some of those blitzes where like there's eight guys lined up on the line, oh. and then they send everyone. I'm yeah. like, yes, that's no, what I want to uh, see. It's been good. I mean, overall, this team has really checked 
most every box. Um, you look at those two losses, and it was really uh, certainly the Green Bay game. One play in Green, Green Bay. Bay. I would say play calling. And then, um, and then you look at Chicago, and, and yeah, you want to blame the line, Cousins, whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been yeah. it's been a good ride. I think we still we still got to have a little confidence. Um, Daniel's a monster. Look for him to build, starting with Detroit, uh, a game that has a ton of playoff implications and certainly yes. implications for the NFC North. So uh, I don't know, how, how do you feel about said Detroit game? It's on the road. It's going to be starting for me well, at about... 10 a.m. because Vegas. you're gonna I'll be, be in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. Um, yeah, so Detroit to me is is gonna be an interesting game. Um, I don't know. It's uh, I I really want to see how they play tonight. Of course, we're recording this before the Monday Night Football game. Uh, I want to see how they do tonight because that's gonna inform how they're gonna do against the Vikings, I believe. But they're a tough team. They play up or down to their competition, it seems like, this year. Yeah. They've played a lot of teams tight. Obviously, they played one extremely tight up till, you know, the second buzzer at the end of the game. You know, they got the tie against the Cardinals. So, it's really weird because they tied the Cardinals. Um, I want to bring up their schedule here. See, they, they tied the Cardinals. Who'd they lose to? Uh, Chiefs. They lost to the Chiefs, but they played them hard. Yeah, they could have easily won that game. Which, they should have won the game. They had two turnovers inside the five. Right, which is endlessly weird, right? Um, they beat the Chargers, which now seems like, okay. But they beat them by three, right? They beat Philadelphia by three. So At Philly, right? Yes. And then Philly beats Green Bay at Green Bay, but then loses to us. <laughs> Wait, let's transit it properly. This <laughs> okay. And then we, we somehow work Oakland in there, and then Oakland is going to play Green Bay next week, so we can work in that math as well. We have about seven equations. There's four unknowns. I think we can solve the entirety of NFC North yeah. by next week. So stay tuned for that. We'll figure that out. We'll get back to you. But, yeah, Detroit, I don't know. I, I don't really understand what Detroit is yet. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, you know, that's kind of scary going into a game like that. You don't know what they're going to bring. You don't know... Uh, what team is going to show up? And I, I don't mean to seem like they're inconsistent, but they're they just they play to the team's level that they're against. I mean, none of these games are a blowout. They're all within four points. Yeah. So, I it's going to be a tough game. It's an <coughs> interdivisional game. They're always a little wonky, and you know I wouldn't be surprised if it goes down the wire and we win twenty to seventeen. I wouldn't be surprised if we lose twenty one to twenty. Well, you know I know you're not going to be surprised, but. This is uh, the prediction segment, so we're going to need you to come up with an actual number here. You want me to go first? Yeah, you might as well. You just went through a little all analysis, right, so you might as well. All right, all right Mike. All right, all right. Vikings win 27-7. 27-7? Yep. Okay. You're not even drinking that much gin tonight. No, I only one. Uh, uh, it was like a one and a half, but, you know. Yeah, well, then, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go here. As we said, I'll be watching the game in uh, the Westgate sports book in, in beautiful Las Vegas. So if any of you out there are heading to Vegas this weekend, uh, hit me up on Twitter, muskie underscore Mike. Uh, I'd be glad to have a, a cocktail, or cocktail if you will, out there. Or, or yeah. Three, yeah. Um, but no, it's, I think, you know, the Green Bay-Detroit game is about to kick off right now. Uh, I have Detroit winning that game tonight. And I think they are a good football team. i got to stick with it because I kind of called this preseason. Uh, and I think they've had Green Bay's number a little bit, so I got them winning tonight. Uh, and for me, I look back on coming off of that Chicago game and we sat here and I said, just like you did and a lot of people, like 
I'm off the cousin's wagon. I mean, we were done with it. Until he proves it, we're done with it. And he played fine against the Giants, got a win against a team that had been playing well. Uh, mm-hmm. but rookie quarterback overall, you get the win. Played one of his best games, uh, certainly as a Viking, and probably overall last week. Um, probably, I mean, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Definitely top two or three game of his career. At, at home, and now you go on the road against a divisional opponent that Minnesota hasn't necessarily dominated in the past. It seems like we're always splitting. Yep. Um, I believe they beat us twice uh, recently. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I swore that I wasn't going to go back until it was proven. So I cannot, in good conscience, pick the Minnesota Vikings to win this football game. Um, as much as I want to, uh, would love to do it, but I am not going to pick them to win. I'm going to pick the Lions to win a close game. And... I think they're going to win by four because I do believe we'll be in position where Bailey can make a field goal uh, to win it, and I think he would. So I think the Vikings lose uh, 24-17. And, hey, I hope I'm wrong. I have, I'm very optimistic, but I can't go back on what I said after that Bears game. Okay. I need Cousins to continue to evolve and play well. And guess what? If he wins at Detroit especially if Detroit wins tonight against Green Bay. Now you're talking about back-to-back wins against quality opponents uh, coming into that Washington game at home. Now, you know, it'll be a little more interesting when we go to Kansas City, go to Dallas. Um, he might, he's going to have showed me a few things in some big-time games where, uh, yeah, I might be picking him to win. But I, he's got to prove it to me. Um, so I'm, I'm going with the Lions right now. Wow. Having the Vikings start out 0-3. Against division, play. and I like Carryon. Oh. Carryon's the kind of back that gives us trouble. He's he's shifty. He's good. Carryon, my uh, wayward son. Yeah, I like him. I like the way you use him. Uh, we'll see, but I hope I'm wrong. Overall, really happy. Let's get to six and two, but we got to get to five and two to get to six and two. We do, and we got to get to six and two before we can get to nine and two before the bye. There you go. So, one step at a time, one game at a time, one play at a time. You know, one millisecond at a time. I hope they win, because most likely if they win, it's putting money in, in your my pocket. Because yeah. even though I said I think Detroit's going to win, I mean, the homer in me when I get out there and sees the odds, especially if I can get a point or two with the Vikings, you know, I'm going to have to put a little money on them. Of course. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to fault you for that. I mean, like I said, pre-show, I might have you put some money down on the Vikings in the Super Bowl if the odds are right. I already got that ticket. Yeah. You you, you got that earlier, because you were out there earlier. Yeah, I was earlier, out there but... last... Uh... What was your odds you got? I got 25 to 1. Oh, that's a steal right now, Mike. Yeah, I think that was, uh, maybe I saw they were like 28 at one point, but for the most part, I think that was uh, about as good as it was going to get this offseason. So. It's only gotten better since, somehow. Yeah, 16 to 1 right now. Yeah. So, you know what, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up, unless you got any other points for Detroit or Eagles, Mike. No. That's it. That's, that's it. it. I'm at Namak7 on the Twitter. Musky underscore Mike. Um, you know, Scolders Podcast here, part of the Climbing the Pocket Network, now on Daily Norseman. You're probably listening to us on, on one of your favorite podcast places. But if you don't know where to go, if you're listening to this on someone else's computer, you don't know where to go, you know, go to dailynorseman.com or Spotify or iTunes or wherever you enjoy podcasts. Good chance we're there. Search for Daily Norseman. You'll find us. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, Skull Vikes, let's go. Skull. Cool.